You're all official. That's you know? <laughs> we got a whole intro and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, thrilled to have you here today. Now, one thing I want to admit, okay? I'm going to introduce you to everybody, but um, I always butcher your last name. <laughs> it's okay. Most and people do. everybody does. So, is it Barrier? Barrer. Barrer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Barrer. Barrer. All right. Now I got it. R's. Now I got it. You know, I was like, I was like, I wonder if there's someone that pronounced it correct. I'm like, everybody else is going to just pronounce it wrong too. So everybody wants to put an A on it because uh -huh. in our area, Barrera is a very more common name. Yeah. It's a, it's a French name. Yes. Roll those R's. Yes. Roll those R's. All right. The answer to everything. There you go. <laughs> so I have Robin here with me today. Um, she is with Old Republic Title. Um, she is business development manager for Mar Arlington I, Mansfield? I am sales executive for Arlington. Oh, sales executive, yes. big time. All right. <laughs> I like those titles. That's great. So um, I wanted to bring Robin on today because uh, we've had over the years, many conversations. Um, I think I've known you that now for going on, it's probably eight, seven or eight years, yeah. I think yeah. ever since the Remax days. Yeah. Um, but uh, I always really enjoyed whenever we got a minute to just chat. Yes. Um, and I can't say that that always happens in my, <laughs> in my life, but I'll agree. yes, but um, especially in, in our job, because, um, you know, a lot of times when we come across each other, uh, we are in a situation where we're, you know, talking with agents and we're, you know, schmoozing and doing our thing, you know, making yeah. friends and relationships and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. more often than not, you know, lenders, I'm a lender and Robin's with title. Um, we don't, I mean, we're always at the same things. But we're not necessarily, you know, trying to work with each other as much. Right. Or it's get, getting to talk to each other as right. much. Right. right. Yeah. Bring that mic just a little bit closer oh, so I'm you're sorry. not so far away from oh, it there. I'm sorry. I got yeah. relaxed. Yes. You got to get in there so we can hear you. Um, so, but the few times that we have actually had opportunities to chat, they're, I always really enjoy them because um, I think you have great insight. Um, for a number of reasons. I, I know we were joking earlier about you saying you're not an expert, you yes. know, and please the, don't say I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the reason I just told you that that's yes. why you are an expert compared to most because you understand that you're not an expert and you're always willing to learn. And I appreciate that from you. Right? <laughs> yes. Because yes, of course. the people that are shut off and think they know everything already are never experts because they're missing out on, you know, sure. a wealth of information that they're not willing to accept. And in our business, it's just changing so quickly all right. the time. You have to really stay involved. You have to read. You have mm -hmm. to talk to a variety of people. Yes. Listen to different opinions. That's right. Some that you don't always agree with. <laughs> That's a tough thing for a lot of people, isn't it? Yes. Yes. yes it Talking is. to someone that they don't share every, it's like you, no, nobody that you're ever going to meet in your life. Do you share everything with a hundred percent on Absolutely. what you think? It's impossible. Yes. Even your course. spouse, you know, yes. or, or your significant other. Right. So, um, so that expectation is very unrealistic, Right. but Part of what makes you, in my opinion, um, uh, a wealth of information oh. is because you do spend so much time around very a, a great deal of different people. Um, and you've gone through, you know, every we, we were joking the other day when we were talking at the Arbor event where um, I was I, I can't remember how we got on the topic, something about I did leadership Mansfield. And you're like, oh, I did leadership Mansfield, too. Yes. And they're like, and I did leadership Arlington and I did leadership. <laughs> <in> Lothian. <laughs> So you've done them all in this immediate area and everything, every time I see you on social media or whatever you're, you're at, you're either dressed up at some event or you're having lunch or you're it's at a social Christmas party. I know, I know, <laughs> I know you work very hard, but that's, 
that's another thing, you know, maybe we can get into a little bit later about um, part of our industry's hesitation sometimes on doing things is because everybody carries around this guilt that they need to be working and they don't see that going out and attending a Christmas party or going to an Arbor event or having lunch with somebody that you're friends with is working. Yes. That's what we do. We make it look fun. That's right. That's right. But that's, that's our job. Like that's, that's what we're supposed to do. So, um, but before we get into all that stuff, anyway, anybody that's going to tune into this a little bit later or right now, um, we're going to get into, or my intent is to get into kind of the current state of our market, not not necessarily just in Dallas for worth. Obviously we're going to focus on that because sure. that's where we live and that's where we work. But also um, I want to talk about housing in general and kind of the trends that we're seeing and, and things that are heading down a direction that I personally I'm not a huge fan of, and I think we can talk about this a little bit too. You and I are on the same page about that a little yeah. bit, but I want to get your thoughts on it um, because not only do you spend time around agents and you know events and whatnot, but you're also very involved in the city. Um, I see you at different city events. Yes, familiar with the mayor. You know, yes. you you uh, you're you're plugged in, as they <laughs> might say. Um, so you know, from the outside looking in, I always have perspectives on what I think, mm-hmm. but sometimes until you get into the mix. And you're there every day or, or around it. You're like, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but actually it kind of works like this, yes, you know? Yes. Um, so I'm interested to, to get that perspective from you because I don't have that. So, yeah. but before we get on all that, um, I didn't know you were born in Louisiana. Yes. yes. Like, actually Lake Charles, but I call Lafayette home. Okay. Cause I moved around a little bit when I was younger, but yeah. Lafayette's where I went to high school and graduated and then came to North Texas. Okay. To college. So, um, Susan, my wife, she's okay. from Louisiana. She yes. was born in Baton Rouge. Now yes. she didn't go to high school there. She lived there a few years, but I, that stuff's like in your blood. Like, I don't know that that stuff ever, <laughs> like her parents are from there and that's yes. where they grew up and went to LSU or whatever. But, um, but that's kind of run through it. And you know, what's funny is people that I often, I should say people that I meet from Louisiana that actually were born and raised and grew yeah. up there and then went somewhere else. There's a different amount of, um, I don't know if empathy is the right word, but certainly for the rest of the world, you will just, (laughs) just your willingness to accept other people for what they are. Yeah. Right. That's a little bit of the Creole Cajun culture. Yeah. Is there just a, you know, they're a mix of people, Mm -hmm. um, African-American, Indian, Caucasian, French, all of that. And it's so funny because when you're around it, it's like anything you think this is so you know, janky. What am I doing? You know, I, I couldn't wait to get out of Lafayette. And then in, when I reflect on that and go into Denton, Texas, yes, I thought I had gone to the armpit of the world. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I called Well, my, I guess it was a little, I didn't change quite a bit. And, oh, yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I called my friends back at home and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? Where did I end up? Where did I end up? Because we all went different places, you know, yeah. but I still, Lafayette is just such a great town and it's such a great culture. And you just, you don't realize that when you're growing up around it, you know? No, I think it's ingrained in you a little bit. And even just, um, you know, I had a friend of mine, a friend of mine on here a little while ago, and we were talking about the black culture and, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was relating it to like, he was talking about respect and and things of that nature. And, and I related it to my wife because um, she growing up in South Louisiana or being around most of her family that grew up in South Louisiana. And then she was basically raised in South Houston, which isn't, you know, 
that well i'm just saying it's so close it's not that there's a lot of people from oh sure there's a lot of louisiana people yes, in houston yes the oil business right? correct yeah. and so her a propensity to be polite and have manners uh -huh. supersedes everything else oh. so like with our kids you know they can make mistakes at school and they can have all these little issues you know because kids are kids but and we all let that roll and we deal with it but if they're not polite or they don't say yes sir or thank you or yes ma'am or you know hold the door for somebody or or whatever the case may be yeah that's when my wife comes unglued because there's this culture in in, in the southern united states it's just very much like hey everybody is everybody and we're all going to be nice to everyone and everybody's yes. going to behave themselves and we're going to be polite and manners and then things will flow just fine. Yes. We're going to be polite. Yes. <laughs> That's the South. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I think when you grow up in that and you're around it all the time, yeah. your appreciation for people um, is greater just simply because you aren't making judgments necessarily right out of your, you know, right out of the gate. You're yes. just like, I'm just going to be nice to this person. I'm going to treat them with politeness. And more often than not, that comes back to you. Oh, yeah. So then you meet people and you're like, oh, that person's wonderful. You yeah. know, and they're like, well, when I met them, they were a jerk. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's just because you're rude. You know? Yes, you weren't polite. <laughs> yes. So that's, I would imagine that's probably what has set you up to be such the relationship-based person that you are today. Oh. Would you agree with that? I would agree that that's probably a, is a part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always been interested in other people and cultures, but I think moving around at a young age yeah. had something to do with that too. Right. Um, we moved when I was nine to Beaumont and then we moved to Lafayette when I was 13. Those are really pivotal times in a yeah. young person's life. Right. So having to learn how to make new friends, mm -hmm. And not understanding some of the differences in the culture. Right. When I moved to Lafayette, they were putting all of the eighth grade in one. That We had two eighth grades in the entire city of Lafayette. Oh, wow. And so I had to get on a bus and ride a bus to the other side of town. What didn't mean anything to me. Right. Because I just thought, oh, this is, this is what I do. Yeah, you're well, a kid. Is, you don't know any better. I moved here. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> we live here now. And this yeah. is what we do. But it was, you know, when you look back at history, it was very significant. You know, it was the beginning of integration right. and doing all these other things. Um, but it was just a, a different time. It was a different time. And so I learned to make friends. I didn't even think about that I was going to the other side of town because, you know, there was the Cajun people. Right. They're very different from us. You're right. <laughs> but you just don't see that. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. No. You know, so. No. Yeah, so I, I've always been a little bit like that. Maybe that's what gave me the ability to leave home and mm -hmm. go to North Texas. And so why North Texas? What? So a friend of mine, I thought I wanted to be a buyer, and a friend of mine's father was working for, do you remember Stripling and Cox? Oh, you want to be a merchant? You know, yes. I, I was actually a merchandise buyer. Oh, were you? I was. That's, that's what I thought I would do, yes. right? And he was like, oh, Robin, do not go to Ms. Wade's merchandising school. <laughs> Go get a marketing degree yes. at a good business school. And yeah. North Texas has a great one. Uh -huh. And so I was like, okay, they were living at Eagle Mountain Lake. And we were friends from Beaumont. Okay. And we'd stayed friends, still friends over the years, you yeah. know, from third grade, fourth grade. Anyway, so that's what I did. I went to North Texas. And then my family all ended up relocating. My mother worked for a seismograph company in okay. South Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And they moved their corporate headquarters to Grand Prairie. 
Okay. So my dad took early retirement and my family all moved up here. Okay. So my so sisters and everybody was North all. Texas. And then you're like, you got to come here because everybody else is here now, yeah. right? Yes. yes. <laughs> because mom is not going to let you move far away from the family, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly Again, right. Again, I, I know this. I they, know followed this. Me. they followed me. <laughs> yes. That's what my wife's family did too. Yes. She was living in Houston. She moved to go to school and then we met and, or she moved up here and then we met and yeah. kind of knew pretty quickly that, you know, we were going to probably end up getting married and and so her parents were like well i guess we're moving to dallas yes. <laughs> it's like okay and they're still here you yes. know so yeah. yeah it's uh it's it's very uh you know the family is very very important yeah um so went to north texas and graduated with a marketing degree mm -hmm. and then um i thought you you were actually a realtor first yes i was so between you know, college and all that life, yep. having children, getting well, getting married, life work, life happens. That, yes. That, yes. So I moved to France. I worked for a, um, wait, 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 you moved to France. I did. I worked for a food um, importer okay. in Dallas and did inside sales. Okay. And um, so I met my second husband uh -huh. and he wanted to be a chef. He was from France okay. and had moved here when he was 18. Anyway, we moved to France, lived there for two years while he went to chef school. Oh, wow. How was that? It was an adventure. Right. <laughs> I've been to Paris. We were in, my wife and I were there for like a week, well, you know, years and years ago. So I have a little bit, but. But, well, of course, I have a fascination with the French culture right. coming from South Louisiana. Yes. And then I was working in the food business. Yep. So our clients were French chefs. And that was really fun. You know, yeah. living there was completely different. Okay. You became very French when we moved over there. <laughs> All of a sudden, my Americanized French husband was acting like a French guy. <laughs> and that, what did that mean? Exactly. Not good. Not good. <laughs> But, you know, my son was in school in Paris and um, we lived in a little village outside. So we lived in a village where there were people from Portugal that okay. kind of had settled in that little area uh -huh. and his family was living there. So we would get on a bus, a train and walk to Park Monceau in the middle of Paris for the first six months of being there. Okay. Within probably four months my, my son, Colin, who is 40 now, was mm -hmm. seven. Mm -hmm. He was speaking beautiful French. Yeah. I mean, when you're immersed in, especially kids, they pick up stuff oh, like sponges. I was listening to him play with his cousins one day, and they were just like, he was rattling off. And I thought, oh, my God, that's my child speaking yeah, French. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How'd, so, you, how'd your French? No, not good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a job through the American church teaching um, English to French business people okay. that were traveling and working with Americans and they needed to hear the American accent. They'd always, they'd learned British English. Okay. So, but coming, not American English because it's different. Yeah. Yes. Coming here and hearing us talk like, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't understand what anybody was saying. So I really did what we're doing right now. Just had conversation with right. people and we'd have the dictionary out. So my French vocabulary increased, but I never really, you know, the conversational could, side of it was tough. Like you could probably even now recognize words and whatever, oh, but just speaking it is yes. more of a challenge. I could go shopping. Yeah. You know, I could do the basics, right? but I couldn't have an in-depth conversation with someone and right. they would certainly recognize that I did not speak. French. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think this one's, but that was a, you know, that was a big adventure and it was fun for us. We were only there for about two and a half years and then came home. But, um, that really opened my eyes more to the world. Oh yeah. 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 I, uh, I worked on a cruise ship, um, for about a year and a half or about a year, I guess. And, um, 
there was like 2000, most of the passengers were American, but mm -hmm. there were like 2000 crew members or, you know, people that worked on the ship and 95% of them were not from the United States. Yeah. And, um, or even, you know, there was a small percentage of Canadians, but rest, everybody else was from all over the world. And you met different people from all walks of life. And, you know, uh, that had money that didn't have money that came from third world countries that came from, you know, Westernized countries just everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, pers the perspective and insight that I gained about just human beings in general, um, when you see that and you understand that we're all kind of the, I mean, we're all the same. Yes. Everybody's the same. Yes. It's just um, our culture and where we come from maybe lead to different behaviors and different ways that we communicate and interact with each other, but everybody wants the same stuff. There's, right. there's nothing that's, that sets us apart. But when you get that at a young age and you take that in, it kind of changes the way that you look at things in general. And then, I do think that leads to a better level of acceptance and, and kind of like what, what you said when you sat down a little bit about um, not again, not being an expert. Yes. It's, it's the fact that, you know, to me, everything like kind of exists in a gray area. Mm -hmm. There's not very many things in life that are black and white. There's yes. always some level of, of a, of a spectrum of, okay, well I get this. I understand where you're coming from, but also understand where this person's coming from on this. And I can kind of exist in the middle without saying, well, you know, you're right or you're wrong and, yeah. you know, put some kind of label on somebody just because they have a certain opinion of how things work. And we could talk about feelings all the time, yeah. you know, about how someone feels about something. But I think it's important that we accept and listen to the other side. Yes. You know, yes. And so I've always been interested in people's stories. Yeah. So that's what, you know, I feel like in my business, that's what's been helpful to me is that I'm just like people. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, to some, to some extent you have to be in our business, the, you know, with what we do, we have to be, um, willing to be accepting of all kinds of stuff, because if you're not, and there are people that aren't, yeah, but if you aren't, then you're cutting off a good chunk of access to business that you could otherwise have. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Because you, you're like, well, this is how it is. And then I'm going to be, and then way. there's a lot of people that just go, okay, cool. I know where yeah. you're at on that. So I'm going to yes. not talk to you, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, because whenever you condemn or, you know, have some kind of harsh, you know, black and white negative opinion on something, it's going to alienate some people. Well, I, you know, I always say for me, I don't want somebody judging me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm not judging you. No, no, no. Been, I have been forgiven. Yes. And I forgive you. Yes. Yes. I have way too many flaws to be worried about everybody else's. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fix my own problems all the time. Um, so, uh, so you started out as an, so you get back, you're in oh, France. Yeah. Okay. So, so we come home and um, anyway, long story short, I needed to find a way to support my family. Yes. <laughs> Let's just say it. Don't we way. all? Yes. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> and I had a friend that had gotten into real estate in mm -hmm. New Jersey, actually. And so I thought I'm going to get my license while I was working little small jobs. Now you came back to the Metroplex at that time because your oh, family yeah. was here, right? Because okay. my family was here. Yeah. And so I got my real estate license and I started in um, 1994 with my real estate license. And I was really fortunate to be at Prudential Sutherland where you know, Bill Sutherland had just a whole different way of looking at real estate. Yeah. Alan Toppy was a mentor. He was our manager and they brought in great people. We had great opportunity for training and learning. They were very, they embraced the Mike Ferry um, ideas of doing business. And, mm -hmm. you know, Mike Ferry is really the first guy that taught real estate agents to look at their business like a business. Right. 
and to really look at profit and loss right. and all the activities that you're, you're working doing. for yourself. You, at, you need to making, maintain it. Yeah, yeah. Doing scripts, learning how to get out and really work, you know? So um, I was fortunate in that and I made a lot of great friends. Yeah. So Smokey Garrett was in the class right before me. And my class was like Marianne Hugator. There was, a, I had a great group of people in my class. Um, but Mike Mannion was an agent there and Holly Custer, Terry Franklin. There was just a Linda Huddleston, Sharon Parrish. It was just like, they had just built this tremendous office. Yeah. So I learned a lot from those people. It was really good, but I got to a point where, um, I needed to find a way to support my family and yeah. looking at long-term security. And I didn't want to live on just straight commission. Right. So um, a good friend of mine was with another title company and she Which said, shall not be named. Yes. <laughs> well, I did go to work for Alamo. <laughs> uh -oh. So she came to me and she said, um, Hey, I, you know, let's go to lunch. I'm looking for someone. I'm going to be a real estate coach. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking for someone to take my place. And I was like, me, me. <laughs> it's a really good recruiting method. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes absolutely. So that was in 1999. Uh -huh. And so a lot of those people that I'd been doing transactions with, mm -hmm. um, that I'd worked with and learned so much, they became clients or prospects, potential clients. So it was a, you know, a good transition for me. Yeah. Um, and I had a great mentor, Sheila Garner, that really taught me. The business and of course then sorry i went to work with the icons you know pat peters yeah. and you know that whole group of people where i just really learned a lot about the title business because you think you know but then you don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never uh when it comes to the title stuff um i uh i steer clear of that as much as i can because it involves too many Me too. <laughs> legal things that i just don't want to don't want to dip my toe into because of ignorance mostly. So I have yes. very little other than, uh, you know, the ones that we work with and, you know, the people that we have relationships with, which by the way, your office is fantastic. Thank you so much. Love working with Carmen and, yes. and the Thank entire you. crew. So, um, so I appreciate you guys because, um, I will say there are a lot of title companies. There are <laughs> now that number's probably shrunk in the last 12 months and it will probably be shrinking some probably more. be shrinking some more that's my opinion i gonna <laughs> say these are all my opinions I, these are all your opinions <laughs> and my opinion as well so we, we share in that opinion um i do think there is going to be some contraction there but um my point of that is just simply that uh uh working just like i'm sure working with lenders for you mm -hmm. uh working with title companies can be a bit of a challenge sometimes oh, sure well and you know the thing is is Okay, so let me just make a statement. I yeah. do work for Old Republic Title. The th things I say today are expressly my <laughs> opinions. They are not Old Republic Title. I feel opinions. like we need like a disclaimer yes, at the yes, bottom or yes, something. Just put it out there. Again, you have too many attorneys involved in yes, your business, so yes. everybody's got, yeah, okay. But, you know, the title, in title, we are, um, the title business is regulated by the Department of Insurance. Yes. So the only thing that sets title companies apart is really the customer service right. that they give. Because the fees are all the same. And their plant. Essentially. <laughs> they have a good plant. plant. I love how y'all call it a plant. I yes. think that's funny. Yes. But, um, well, that's old school, isn't it right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that, you know, going to work into the title business and then having really great mentors has been really mm -hmm. wonderful for me. And, you know, working for a company that believed in um, investment in me. Mm -hmm. So um, allowing me to be a part of Brian Buffini right. training. Right. I always believe that if you're learning alongside the people that you are working with, yeah. 
you're learning what they're learning. Right. And they see that you yep. become a resource and resources are important. Yep. So um, I've done a lot of Brian Buffini training and I've done Mike Ferry. I did Mike Ferry from real estate and then on. Um, that's Those are important resources, right? Well, it's funny too. I think um, agents um, in our, or, you know, it's not agents, it's everybody. <clears throat> it's it, This is a human problem is, you know, when whatever industry you may or may not be in, uh, when people say training, everybody's like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm training, I'm in training. I don't want training. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you're doing sales type activities and you go into the sales trainings to some degree, you know, there's, when you look across core tenants of a lot of them, they're all very similar, right? They're, sure. they're telling you the same information, yes. different ways to do it, different methods of, you know, executing your plan, exactly, whatever the case may be, which you determine is good for you or not good for you. It's kind of like you were talking about scripts earlier. Um, you know, I, I, I run into people sometimes like, you know, scripts are dumb. I don't need scripts. Like, look, if you can talk and you're, you're comfortable on a regular basis, communicating with people over the phone or talking to them in mm-hmm. person and you don't feel uncomfortable and it's like part of your nature that you're able to do that, then yeah, scripts probably aren't a big player in your life. Right. Right. But that same person that's able to do that is terrible at being detailed and writing down their schedule and making sure they follow up with people. Yeah. Well, and for me, scripts were, were important. I had some great other training with a group called the right track um, and the script, they gave us scripts for the title business and doing that with them made me realize when you go on an appointment with somebody, yeah. whether you're a real estate agent or title or lender, you have some things that you need to accomplish. Correct. And that's what scripts help you do. There's a goal. You and I are talkers. Yeah, that's we'll just why talk. this is working. Right, right. We'll just talk forever. Yeah. yeah. But if I don't have something of what I need to you know, that question, that yes. thing I need to get to. Yes. However it might be that I get there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and I think that the the thing that that I think gets missed on trainings is that it's especially when it comes to the type that we're involved in is somebody will say, Well, I I've done that one before. Like mm-hmm. I went there and I saw it and you know it was good. I got some information, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I what I don't think I think gets missed is that that kind of stuff is no different than exercise, right? Yeah. If, if you go for a run, okay, and you're like, well, I ran today. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> you feel good and you feel better. But if you don't go run tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that, then whatever you did on that day is not going to have any long-term benefits. Yes. Right? That's exactly right. And I, so, I liken that also to scripture and prayer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've been there, done that. Well, yeah, but you got to keep doing it. Yes. The, <laughs> the point is you have to keep, you know, like I'm breathing right now, but if I stop breathing, then I'm probably going to die. Yeah. So you have to you have to take those lessons and and it's great to see different types, Buffini, Ferry, you know, go to different ones, take the pieces of information that are going to be beneficial to you and, and pull those in. But then on a regular basis, you need to refresh yourself. You need to watch things that put you in the right mindset to accomplish what you need to accomplish for the day, because it's very easy to go the opposite direction if you just decide to hold up in your house and not leave and not say anything to anybody and not communicate with anybody. And now you're a hermit and yeah. you're like, why did my sales go down? Yeah. <laughs> and your fingernails are dirty. <laughs> right. Right. So, and, and I, and I think the great thing about, well, what happened to us during COVID when everybody got locked in mm-hmm. and we all got, me included, got very comfortable with like, wow, I could just work from my house all the time. I don't have to go like interact with human beings. This yes, <laughs> maybe not the worst thing in the world. Um, but uh, but then 
once you know that was lifted, especially we were fortunate in Texas that you know we got out from under that pretty quickly as far as just the restrictions of being able to interact. Oh, sure. And and we were. Uh, I, I just want to make a plug for Tree Pack that we were deemed essential. Yes. Because of the work that people did with the legislature to say that we are essential. Yes. And that was a that was a good thing for us, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you you can't you know you can't shut down the planet and not have repercussions. You have to let things, you know you got to open up and, and continue to conduct business yes. because if you don't, you know, the, the the flow of money stops and not that money is everything, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of makes the world go around. So yes, it does. now you, speaking of tree pack, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, you're involved in everything, really everything you're, you're involved in everything. Um, you're, you're involved in a lot. And yeah. um and I know that obviously it's a function of your business, <clears throat> so it plays a role for sure. Oh, sure. But nobody gets involved in as many things as you're involved in unless you actually enjoy it as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, so the Arlington Board, I was calculating this because we just had the installation uh -huh. for Robin Eastman and their group. And it was a really fun event in Mansfield. But um, I have been associated with Arbor for 28 years. Right. So my years as a real estate agent and then in the title. And I really feel like my role there is right now is support in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, but on the committees that I got involved in, I kind of fell into tree pack. Mm -hmm. um, but I've learned so much about, you know, what tree pack really does. And um, we have good leadership right now. And I real also, quick, before anybody that doesn't know what it is. Oh, it's the Texas <clears throat> Real Estate Political Action Committee. Okay. And what our committee does, we're not governmental affairs because there is a governmental affairs committee. Mm -hmm. But as affiliates, um, I don't think we can be on that. I don't know if we can or not. But um, what TREPAC does is we put together fundraisers right. and educate people about what TREPAC does. So um, got involved in TREPAC and then on education because I'm a big believer in education mm -hmm. for myself yep. and for others. And I've been on education almost the whole 20 years every year. So we do the um, we read the scholarships when people apply for scholarships. And I've learned a lot from doing that. Um, but we also put together some of the programs that happen um, like you attended or yeah. you were a part of. You mm -hmm. didn't attend. You were one of our main speakers, our <laughs> panelists. <laughs> yeah, the main speakers are a strong word. That I just talk a lot, so you that's did, what you did. Kind of take over, but it was good that you did. Yeah, well, <laughs> you did a good job. Everybody did. David Stout, Patty, all of them that were on that. It was a really good panel. But that's the kind of things I like to see us yeah. do at Arbor. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was good, and I have repeated what you have said several times. Um, I was in a meeting yesterday with a group of realtors about talking about, you had mentioned, we were talking about the fact that um, we have this window of great appraisals right now. Yes. And so let's don't lower prices to get a property sold, do yep. concessions. Yes. And I think you, your industry, the lenders are doing a good job of getting that word out mm -hmm. to the real estate community and mm -hmm. to agents. And they're learning that. I heard several people talking about transactions they had just put together yeah. and the concessions that made it all happen. So I think that's how we work as an industry together. Right. Yes. And I think that's important. So I love that education part. Um, the education committee does a lot of good things. And then um, I'm on special events, but 
that's just kind of putting together the award show or yeah, that's the fun one. <laughs> that's just, yeah. That's the exciting yeah. fun one. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Education's boring. Nobody yes. wants to be educated, but we all like to party. Yes. So, true. <laughs> so when you can uh, be on the party committee, that's yes. the one you want to join up yes. with. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Well, you guys do, y'all do a lot of great things, but I don't know that your, your, uh, rank and file, uh, realtor, um, in the area really understands everything that happens up there. Oh, it's true. And, <laughs> and, you know, I think that, um, what's, what's funny about it is the group, you know, that I see up there all the time, Walt and you and Robin, you, yeah. you know, that whole, that whole crew, Sarah, <clears throat> um, you're all great people and, you know, you don't give your time, especially realize, you know, as a lender, if I want to participate, which I'm going to, you, you got to hold me accountable on that. I am going to, don't you worry. We start in January. <laughs> good, good. I got an email that said we weren't meeting. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we don't usually meet in December. Right, right. But uh, um, when, when, you, when you're not a lender or a title, mm -hmm. even for yourself, but you're actually a realtor that's working and selling sure. or whatever else, um, and you give that much time of yourself to an organization like Arbor, um, I mean, that that's huge just because most people are trying to sell and you're trying to help other people sell and trying right. to make selling easier for them and sell at the same time. Yes. Oh, by the way, you don't make any money for doing any of it. Yes, that's right. right? Well, I will say I'm I've and again, I'm fortunate that my company, you know, is supportive of me doing that. Right. And my closers, my teams are supportive of me doing that and my involvement in that and some other things that that we do in the community. But um, they are supportive of that. Yeah. So um, not every real estate agent understands all that's done mm -hmm. at their board membership or their association. And so I think um, it's important for us to help to educate them a little bit. Yeah. So I try to, I try to explain to people, you know, Hey, call Walt. And, you know, I had one agent the other day that was trying to find out some information. I said, I think you can do that on remind call Walt. Mm -hmm. She called me within an hour and said, Oh my God, I didn't even realize that Walt would do that training with me like over the phone and did it. And it was so perfect. And I said, well, you are a member of the association, <laughs> right. you know? but I just, I also think that when you, sometimes you're a member of something and you don't realize all the benefit or you don't take advantage of all the benefits. Right. And I think that um, right now our association is trying to really get the word out mm -hmm. of all of the benefits. Cause we kind of pulled back, of course, during the pandemic and sure. all that happening. And then Taylor did a lot to get the doors reopen and right. get people to come in. But I think they've done a lot just to um, educate their membership. Mm -hmm. And I recently um, was in Ellis County because you know, those two boards, um, work pretty are, close together. Well, they're together. Right. Well, they're, it's, yeah, they're like an offshoot of Arbor, it, essentially. No, they are no? part of. Oh, <laughs> a subsidiary, DBA. Okay, part of. <laughs> but they have a beautiful new office. So, you know, we opened our Midlothian Old Republic title office about five years ago, six okay. years ago. I was trying to think about when that was. And I fell in love with Ellis County. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a great great area, but very different because part of them were Metrotex, part of them were Ellis Hill, just kind of all over the place. So we purchased, I guess, maybe I'm not saying that right, a disclaimer here again. Um, the Arbor Ellis, purchased. Yeah, Arbor. Oh, Arbor purchased Ellis Hill. They have a beautiful new office. Mm -hmm. They're doing some great classes and doing some great things down there. 
I went to one that was really for the commercial segment, and it was uh, Judge Todd Little. It was their president of their chamber, their economic development guy did a presentation about what's happening down there. Right. And, you know, there's so much growth in Ellis yes, County. Yes, it's huge. The, that's I will say the only leadership in the area I have not done is Ellis County leadership. <laughs> it's on my radar. Um, I asked the there's a Midlow one and an Ellis County there one. Is. So I asked the uh, president of the uh, Waxahachie chamber if they had leadership. Well, he had a lot of fun with that. Right. You know, <laughs> but then tell me, no, what we've done is Ellis County because Waxahachie, Avila, Red Oak, mm -hmm. all of that, everything that's happening down there, there's a lot of growth. And yes. so they just kind of combined it all into one, which really does make sense. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so what does a tangent there, if you were, if you were talking to an agent that was coming in brand new that, you know, you were said, okay, you need to be involved with Arbor. Here's why, what, what are like, what are the benefits to agents to, to get involved with Arbor and, and attend things that they're like, what are they, what are they missing out on if they're not? Well, so what I say is find a committee to get involved in. Okay. And I think Arbor's done a good job this last year. They had an event where you could come and talk to the different committees mm -hmm. before you did. But it's, so it's like the, speed dating. You yeah, could it's, go around. it's exactly like speed dating. <laughs> but you could go around and talk to the different committees about what they do and, you know, what when they meet or whatever it might right. be to find your place or what you do. But when I meet with a new agent, I tell them to get involved because it's yours mm -hmm. and you're going to find out about the services that are available to you. Like Walt, right. you're going to understand you're going to be a part. It's your association. Mm -hmm. You know, you can make it be if you, if you come and you say that such and such isn't working or I don't like this and that I, I don't care for hearing that. If you want to make a change, be the change. Right. Didn't somebody else <laughs> say that somewhere, but get involved, you right. know, get involved and help. Help your association. Don't be so, an armchair quarterback. Get yeah. in the game. And I will say this. I do tell affiliates that they're not all coming here just to meet you. Mm -hmm. They're coming here to network. They're coming here to meet other agents, people they're going to do business with. If you meet someone, it's important as an affiliate that we don't try to ask them for their business right then and there. <laughs> you mean the minute you talk to them, you I don't? I see your beautiful card here. Yeah. Right? Get their card and uh -huh. call them for a one-on-one -on -one appointment, you yeah. know, yeah. but don't try to cost. I've had realtors tell me they stop going to some of those things because there's so Just many. Just inundated with. They're inundated. Yeah. And so. I, I can think, see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. So we, it's, I think it's a part of. For me, yeah. having been a part of it for a long time and wanting it to be successful is to say, hey, affiliates, let's let's not do that. Let's encourage our real estate community, the realtors, to come and let's don't accost them. Let's, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and I, I think um, for agents to, I, I say this all the time when I talk to new agents um, about real estate activities. It's a weird thing how when you're showing a house, when you're previewing a home, when you're holding an open house, mm -hmm. when you're even having lunch with or going to a title training, a, a title office and doing a training, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing that is some sort of real estate related activity. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly doing things like that, business tends to just kind of show up. Yes. Your phone rings. Yeah. Because you know? you're not only that, you're networking. People, yes. agents do business with other agents that they will like. Correct. Right. Yes. And, the, and you have a tendency, and anybody can say that 
they don't do that on purpose, but yeah. it does kind of happen. They get something from someone yep. and that's a person they've met and they trust or whatever it might be. So the networking part is really important. Right. I will say the other thing I say to a lot of agents um, when they're brand new is be involved in their community. Yes. Yeah. Get, get into something. Yes. Get in, get out and meet people. Yes. You know, and meet people that aren't necessarily like your neighborhood is good. It's yeah. important. Yeah. Your children's schools, sure. but your, your chamber, yeah. um, just neighborhood groups, other things, get out in your community, get mm-hmm. on a, get on a committee with your city, mm-hmm. get involved in your city because you, the more you learn about your city, which is what led me to leadership, yep. um, was is I learned so much. I met so many city people, but I learned about different services that our city offers. You know, we have economic day, we have history day, we have hospital day, yes. we have social services, art and culture. Yes. Uh, no, I, I did the, the, the leadership Mansfield thing uh, that I did that one. I haven't done Arlington and Midlothian and Ellis County and <laughs> get busy. Get all busy. The, I know, I know, I know. I'm slacking. Um, but, uh, you know, I did it initially for you know, work, obviously wanted to network and meet people sure. and <clears throat> do the whole thing. But what I found was I learned a ton. Like you just learn a ton. Yeah. Some things I was like, really? Like, that's how we do this. Yes. <laughs> and then other things I was like, wow, I didn't even know that we did this and yes. that the city was participating in this. And, you know, this was something that we developed or whatever the case may be. So you just pick up so much information about your area and, if you're going to be an expert in anything related to real estate, you you kind of need to be an expert in your area and everything that happens in your area yes. because you want people because what the little twist that I put on the get involved is I will tell agents get involved in something that you really like because if you're not a, um, you know, uh, if you don't like networking events mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you're not a small talking, hanging out kind of person. I'm kind of that way. Yeah. If you're not that way, <laughs> then don't do that, right? Yeah. If you're a, I like to, I love my dog. Like my dog is my favorite. This is my wife. Uh-huh. I love my dog is the favorite person in my entire life, which yeah. by the way is also my wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, she calls her dog her soulmate, not me. Um, then go do activities that involve your dog and other people. Yes. Go to the dog park. Go to you know dog shows. What you know? What are the dress up thing? Whatever, like yes. whatever it may be. Because when people see you doing something that you're passionate about, when you have passion for something, yes. then the trust that carries over from that to do something like a transaction with you or ask you to sell their house or help them buy a house, they're going to have so much trust and faith in you because they see you in an environment that you have passion for and that you love. It's so true. So Salvation Army was that for me. Yeah. Um, somebody got me involved in the Inspiring Hope Luncheon. Mm-hmm. And then that led to being on the, the Salvation Army Council. But um, I didn't really know too much about Salvation Army, mm-hmm. but I got involved in that luncheon and then began to learn more about Salvation mm-hmm. Army and what they do. Right. And, and then I just, that just grew and I met so many people, but it was an opportunity to give back to the community and still, you know, do something that was important. Yes. I felt like it was important work. Yeah. And so I felt very fortunate to have had the experience of, you know, being a part of those luncheons. Um, I'm not as involved in them as I was, but, you know, sometimes you just, it's time for you to go to do something different. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you things you can't do all of the same things all the time or else I, you don't I, grow. And I believe, I believe being involved in your chamber is really important. Yeah. 
I'm on the board of directors for the Arlington Chamber. Of course and you are. <laughs> No, somebody did that for me. Uh, <laughs> somebody did that to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's been a, a great experience and learning how chambers function mm -hmm. and how things happen in your community and in a city. You know, it's just, it's important. It's led me to a lot of different relationships mm -hmm. and meeting a lot of different people. Um, and, and a lot of, I tell you, a lot of my clients have gotten me involved in things. Um Chris Hightower is my client. You know, Chris. I know Chris very well. Yes. Well, he's got me on the board for the Arlington Museum of Art. Yep. And that's just, I mean, that I feel very passionate about. And um, I'm excited about what the Art Museum has got in its future and what we've been doing and accomplished being a very small little community right. museum. But we um, have big things on the horizon. So, you know, that when you do those kind of things, you learn about your community yes. again, right? right? And so I think that's important. And you meet a ton of people. That's that's the you thing. Do. You and do. from all walks of life, all businesses, yes. you know, uh, even um, uh, one of my loan officers, Glenda, that works for me, she uh, she does a lot of work in Ellis County. Yes. Uh, and um, we were talking yesterday about, you know, she's trying to figure out what her, you know, she does a lot of social media stuff, but, you know, what her niche kind of is on how she wants to, you know, get involved essentially. Right. And um, Ellis County leadership, Ellis County leadership. <laughs> but part of what we discussed was like her going out to businesses and, and because she does so much social media stuff, like turning that and bringing that to a business, uh, oh, ax throwing idea. place, uh, you know, boutiques, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because not only do you show and give, cause you're giving, you know, promotion to that business or, or to some degree, you know, touting their um, what they do but also you're creating relationships with those business owners right. and then when people interact with them on a day-to-day -day basis whether it be in their business or personally they're like well that per if you need a mortgage call that person because yeah, she's I awesome and i trust her that's right i like her yeah you know i always say as far as lender go lenders go do business with people that you might run into in a grocery store. Yes. You know, I think that's important. Oh, so yeah, I like that. Yeah. When I sold real estate, you know, you, the whole thing, if you got to give three people out, whoever answers the, your questions, I right. would say that, but also the person that you're going to see somewhere yeah. and they're not going to turn and run from right. you. Oh, <laughs> this isn't the right event. I need to go. I don't have my tie on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, but I, I think that's important. As yeah. I think there's, you know, there's so many lenders, you know, people that will find their lender on the internet or, you know, wherever they might find them. Right. It's like do business with people that you're going to see somewhere. Yeah. What has, um, what have you taken? And you, you mentioned, you mentioned it briefly, but what have you, your experience with all the leadership groups, Arlington, Midlothian, Mansfield? What do you think that you've taken most, you know, from those experiences? From those well, I would say one thing is the people. And why would you recommend it to somebody? Okay. So one thing is the people that I met. Okay. Um, and spending that time. I, and, uh, a guy in Mansfield actually said this, and I thought, Ralph, that makes so much sense. You spend, it's like it was $600. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I don't know what like it that, is yeah. today. But he said, you know, think about all the seminars and things that you go to that you spend $600 just for the seminar. And then right. you got to buy a hotel right. and you got to, you know, all the eating out and everything. We spent $600. It lasted nine months and we've deepened these relationships and we've spent this time. He said, this is the best seminar I've ever been to. Yeah. And I thought that is, that is truth yeah. because 
you know, um, we did economic development in Mansfield and learned about so many different things in yeah. Mansfield, like you said, that you don't know how the water department works. Nope. And then you pick a project. And I don't even know where it was. I, yeah, yes. I got there. I was like, this is, that's what this is? Yes. <laughs> and then the animal shelter, our project, because everybody does a project, yeah. right, was the animal shelter. So I was so happy to see that my friend uh, Casey Lewis posted the other day that Mansfield's getting a new animal shelter. Oh, wow. I didn't yes. know that. We painted the animal shelter and we were so sad when we saw how the animal shelter in Mansfield in a city like Mansfield that yeah. it looked, of course, that's been a few years sure, ago. Sure, sure, sure. Because I'm best class ever, of course. From yeah, that's the other, yeah. A few years ago. Yeah, we're class 10, yes. <laughs> best class ever, yes. everybody. Yep. Yes, whatever it was. But really my takeaway really from all three, and they were all three different programs, right? So my takeaway from all of those really was what I learned, um, again, just in each city, mm -hmm. what each city is doing and the people that I met from the city that I could go back later and say, oh, I, I met you. And, you know, really, literally walking up to, you know, Trey Yelverton and saying, I met you when you were the assistant city manager, yeah. like a million years ago. Right, right. <laughs> at city, and I knew like, you when you were nothing. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just like knowing who to call. Yes. When you needed a permit. Uh -huh. Jackie Sanchez was uh -huh. in my um, uh -huh. city. She was in my Mansfield leadership. You know, I could just call Jackie. Who do I talk to? That's what I loved about it. Yeah. You know, it's just all the different people I met. Kind of get plugged into it. Yeah, you do. Have you ever, yeah. uh, have you ever thought about running for any office in local no. government? No. no. I have too many shadows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, I can. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny that, um, you, that you say that because looking at, you know, different political things that are going on right now in our community and people that are running for office, you have a different respect for those people for what they, not only what they have to do every day. I was looking at Mayor Ross's Facebook page the other day and every place he went. And I, I know that Robin Eastman knows this because I said it to her. He said, um, I saw him at some event before Arbor installation. And I said, I want to thank you for taking the time and doing this for us. And he said, do you know, I was invited to the white house holiday celebration on Friday night and I turned them down because I'm going to be at Arbor's installation. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. I had, there was a city employee that said, I can't believe he did that. Hey, he's, he's entrenched in the community. He is. And he's a man of his word, but looking at his um, Facebook page, I was like, he has been at an on, on Saturday, an mm -hmm. elementary school. I mean, just all these different places yeah. and the schedule that, someone like that has to keep up yes. with is insane. Absolutely. And our, our, our school trustees, what they do, you know, they, they give of their time tremendously. Yeah. So, um, but no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but not me. Like, I'll, su I, you know, I'll support them however yes, I can. <laughs> yes. I like, I like privacy and going out to dinner. With <laughs> yes. My husband, it's way better. Yes. Um, I might say the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, speaking of saying the wrong thing. Yes, so um, I really want to know how you feel about um, our, our, our housing situation that we're dealing with. Um, in in our state, in our area, but also just in the country in general. Okay. And and I've got two my basic you know frustrations. Let's call it. Let's let's say that the two things that I think are causing a lot of problems, and I don't know how to fix them. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are ways to fix it, but um, I bet you have better insight. So number one is um, corporate interests increasingly having a greater share of 
owned real estate mm-hmm. in communities, single mm-hmm. family residences, not yes. not just apartment complexes and those kind of things. But you know, are you talk referring to build to rent? Uh, that yes, but I'm just as a whole, like just okay. in, general, in general, whether they're buying up properties and, yeah. and flipping them or whether they're holding them and renting them, whatever the case may be, yeah. non-individuals or even non-mom and pop investors, yes. but actual corporate interests, large banks, large hedge funds, large iBuyers, whatever, yeah. buying up property at an accelerated pace mm-hmm. over the last 10 or 15 years. Yes. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two is due to many various economic factors, building those houses has become less and less um, profitable, which, you know, whatever you think or don't think, having to create a business and run it, you need to make money. Right. And so if you're a builder, your goal is to make a profit. Make money. And therefore, if building a house for $130,000 is not profitable because of various different reasons, mm-hmm. then you're not going to do that. Right. 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 So, um, and so, a bank might not loan you the money. Right. Exactly. To, <laughs> to get the capital you <laughs> yes. need. So, so to me, those two things are causing housing in general. If you look at the trend over the last 10 years, it's we're not in a place where more and more people are able to own a home. We're getting to a place where less and less people are able to own a home. Okay. Okay. So, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. So, but, what do you think about? So these are expressly my opinions. Expressly your opinions. Not the opinions of anyone at All Republic Title. These are my thoughts (laughs) just from, and and also we started this conversation the day that we did the under panel, right? Which is how I got here today. That's right. Yes. (laughs) So um, the corporate owners, I have concern about that myself. And I I brought up, so we do a lot with, um, or I listened a lot to Dr. Mark Doutzer. And one thing when the build to rents were coming, they're very popular on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. They were a solution um, for some housing areas to develop houses where people really wanted to rent. Uh-huh. Okay. And so that kind of eased its way into North Texas, down through Houston and coming up here. And now we have several communities that are built to rent. Mm-hmm. And when I started seeing those pop up and I listened to doubts or talking about the negative of that, it just made me think about it. You know, it's yeah. like, well, I, you know, of course, because I respect him, I thought, oh, well, it's, if he says it's negative, then it must be negative. Right, right. Yeah. But when you start to really look at housing and think about where, where people are and what people want, um, it's not necessarily what I want. Of course, everybody's different. Yes, and yeah. there's a whole world of people that want a property, a really nice property to rent mm-hmm. because they might be here for a year. Right. And then they may go somewhere else. Right. Um, there's a whole world of people that in the past couple of years said, I can get top dollar for my house. I'm going to sell my house mm-hmm. today, but I'm not ready to buy another house because it's crazy and I'm not going to waive the. Uh, the appraisals. I'm not right. doing the way yeah, pay $60,000 yeah. over a list price. Yes, yeah. So I'm not doing all that crazy. So I'm going right. to take my cash. Hold on to it. I'm a, but I'm going to go rent something. Uh-huh. Oh, what am I going to go rent? Oh, there's nothing to rent. Yes, that's the other problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, and then, the, and then rentals started going up, which uh-huh. I understand just recently that rentals may be leveling out. Correct. Yes. It's uh it's seasonal. So um, this is normal this time of year. Um, but part of it is, is there's a couple of factors and, and, you know, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm sure I <laughs> may mess this up a little bit. But the way I think about it is 
apartment complex, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're talking about renters, that's a that's a big piece of that metric is, is. what apartments are charging for rent. Right. So, um, you know, and I know, and living in Mansfield, we've had a lot of apartment complexes built in the last, say, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also have, believe it or not, a declining population that's kind of slowly slowly but it's it's to, you know people are having kids later in life you know yes. families are being formed later yes all that kind of stuff and people are moving out a little bit correct so so what happens is is that it's like anything else oil production any kind of economic impact is you build apartments for a demand that you think is here and will be in the future mm-hmm. and so you tend to like anything else overbuild or overproduce or whatever and then when the demand doesn't meet the build, then you pull back on the build until those properties start to fill up. Well, if they're not filling up, then you have to bring something, you have to change something to get attracted, to get people attracted to move in. And that's right. generally the price. So if I can, if I've over, if I've got a 500 units in my apartment complex and I'm only 75% full, well, then I've got to take those other units and I got to bring the price down in order to adjust it. And so you'll see a lot of people move in the winter like around this time between mm-hmm. like November, December, January, February in that environment, because it's kind of like, there's like this end of the year, you know, Christmas is over. We're going to start a yes. new, you yeah. know, whatever, right. We got to get yes. a new place. Let's get out of here. You know, that yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And there are people that that's how they live. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so when you have, you know, an overabundance to some extent, not fully, but an overabundance of space and you have people making moves, well, you're going to lower your prices in order to get them to move in. So, right on a just annual basis, you'll see rents come down at this time of year okay. in general, yes. but then overall, yes. Then they will go, they'll go back. They'll go yeah. back a little bit, but it's not going to go back that much because again, I think the bigger issue right now is that those type of um, living situations, condos, you know, they've, they've almost not condos. They've o- overbuilt a little bit where right. they don't have enough people to meet the demand for the amount of units. they have. Well, available. also I'm guessing a factor in that is the fact that during the pandemic, you know, things that happen with jobs and, yes. and landlords suffered some. Yes. And so, you know, then it just kind of all trickled down. So then they raised and then the, yep. did that kind of thing. Yep. So, well, I, I want to go back to your um, your question about the corporate owners, because I have to wonder, and maybe you know the answer to this, is there a breakdown between like we're a we're a hedge fund owner mm-hmm. or we are a LLC because we flip houses and I'm just three real estate agents that work together and I'm not really a you know I'm not really a corporate owner I'm just I haven't I formed an LLC right every realtor I know yeah forms an LLC yes <laughs> you know and so when they purchase a rental property is that lumped into those numbers so <clears throat> I believe so and it depends on where you pull the numbers from from okay. what I understand um now I've never actually you know p- pulled up the source of this data and gone through it I, okay. I get it just like everybody else does from this right. this new source or this yeah housing you know, wire yeah Texas A&M exactly mm-hmm. um so the way I understand it just in accumulating different spots is that obviously a it depends on where you get the number from so mm-hmm. i heard or i read that in 2021 no yeah 2021 um it was it was like 35 percent in our area dallas fort worth mm-hmm. homes were bought by entities yes but included in that number were the llcs and the the smaller entities that weren't an individual because it's very hard to parse out yes so i think i feel like 
and I don't even know. It's, again, it's a feeling yeah. that a lot of those that we think are, you know, sure. big corporations or hedge funds or whatever I, are, are probably some of the communities of people that are flipping houses. Oh, for sure. You know, oh, there's definitely and, a percentage of it and they're investors and they live in the area yep. and they're here. And so, um, are they improving some of the areas that need to be improved? I think so. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? I don't know. I think we those are things we see in the long run mm-hmm. that we see down the road. Mm-hmm. So I really, when the bill to rents first came to my attention, I mentioned them to some people in the city and was and the cities they watch them because what happens when they're sold? You know, um, so you build them and they look beautiful right. and. They, they don't look like where you or I might live, nope. you know, they're, but they're individual, you know, homes. They don't have a, a yard. They don't have, you know, they might have a green space. Yep. Um, but there are people that want to live like sure, that. Sure. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And we have to find ways to accommodate those people. Mm-hmm. We have to find that, those, that middle ground, you know, of people that want to live where they can go. Over here, we don't quite know where we want to be forever. We might want to just stay right here. The only slight pushback I give on that a little bit is that I do think there's certainly a segment of the population that wants to live that way. Mm -hmm. What I don't think is that it's a very big segment of the population. And I think that that media in general, marketing has is trying to create this idea that this is what people want, but that's not really what they want. And the only reason I say that is because. Because you know what they want. No, no, (laughs) not because I know, but because I've read in multiple other places, Uh you know, that they say like the uh, millennials, right? Mm -hmm. Millennials want to be social. They want to be amongst everybody. They want to live in communal areas. Okay. My son lives in Deep Ellum. He's lived there for 20 years. Yes. But what what adjusts for that or what changes with that is when families come into play when you yes. have kids yeah. okay because then that lifestyle does not become congruent look everybody lives in different ways i'm not saying yes. that some people don't love living with their kids in new york city yes. what i'm saying is that mass the, the majority of those people that have children they want to get the suburbs and the schools and the yard and the you know that's yes. what they're looking for right but we have like we talked about earlier, we have formations of how or formations of family that are being delayed. So you people are having kids later in life. Yes. So what's happened is, is this narrative has been created that that generation wants to live. They don't want to have a house. They want to live in an apartment with everybody else and their friends. That's how they're getting their deal through planning and zoning. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I so, so because of that, and it's, I think it's just a, it's, it's no, it's, it's not nefarious. I don't really believe that. I mm-hmm. think things just happen the way they happen. Yes. But um, I don't think there's a lot of malice built into it. You know? No, I don't think so. But uh, but what I think is, is that because those family formations are happening later, that for a segment of time when you and I were younger, you know, or, or we were starting families at a younger age, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, we were ready to buy our home at 22. Right. Okay. This family's not ready to buy their home at 22. They're buying it at 32. Yes. Okay. Because they're delaying having children. They're delaying the formation of the family. Good, bad, whatever. That's just what's happening. That's what's happening. And um, and so because of that, for their 20s or whatever you want to call it, oh, they don't want to live in a house. They don't want to do this. And then they have the kids and they're going, no, 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 no. 
I want a house, yes, but I can't afford it. They changed their mind. Right. Because <laughs> they just delayed a, a, what we always progressed in life a little bit sooner because of the way the culture was and the time was. Yeah. And so, so because of that, you see these articles and these things, oh, these, these people want to, or these, this generation wants to live, you know, together. They want to be in communal spaces. They want to do all this stuff. Yes. And then they go, no, 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 no. I wanted to do that when I was 28, yeah. but now I'm 33 and I got two kids and I really want to have a backyard. Yes. You yeah. know? Right. So I, what I think is it goes back full circle. This is why it's important for us to be involved in our community. Right. And to pay attention to what's happening in our community. Yes. And to know those people and our city leaders to watch and see what happens. So when I mentioned this to our city manager, he said, we're, we're watching them. Yeah. Because we don't want them to flip and then not, then be an eyesore. Yeah. We have enough of that. Yes. And so we're going to watch. We're going to see how things are maintained and taken care of. We're going to, and it, you know, the city can't, can't monitor all of that all the time. That yeah. takes a lot of money and time, et cetera, but they, that they, they say they're going to, yeah. we did the um, economic tour um, last February and it's where we went all over and we went down 360 Mansfield and not deep into Mansfield, but just right at the edge of Arlington because it was the Arlington chamber doing that. And, you know, talking about what's happened along 360, you know, that southeast area where there was so much rapid growth mm -hmm. and then those people. And it's something that never occurred to me, but those people shop in Grand Prairie mm -hmm. because Grand Prairie is right across the road from them. So their right. tax, their revenue it's going over there. goes to Grand Prairie. Yeah. And Grand Prairie's got some pretty awesome stuff going on uh -huh. if you ever drive through yes. Grand Prairie recently. <laughs> really cool stuff happening in Grand mm -hmm. Prairie. So, you know, it's just those are things that we all have to be aware of and think of. We yeah. can't just be isolated and say, why, why is that like that? And yeah. why didn't the city fix that? And why don't the, you know, he, he was explaining to us that these there were some fences that were falling down and people were complaining. Why didn't the city take care of that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not the city's responsibility. Yeah. There is a partial HOA. I don't remember all the details of the answers, but it's the city is not responsible for every little thing that happens. Right. But we have to understand that. And we understand that by getting involved and having conversation and meeting people and getting on, you know, serving on committees and being involved in our community. We yeah. find those things out. So, um, I I was looking recently at um, you know talking to somebody about East Arlington, mm -hmm. and that's Arlington is really a a, a a place that for redevelopment, right? Yes, because it's got older parts of it that could be refurbished. And yeah, I lived in one of those houses mm -hmm. until I I got to where I can't put another fifty thousand dollars in. I love this house, but I I'm older. I'm sixty two. I'm like I don't I don't want to you know, have this big yard and everything yeah. else, you know, and the responsibility of that. And this precious young couple just starting out bought my house and they're doing a great job with it. But, you know, you start looking, that's East Arlington has a lot of that. Yeah. But those people, I think this is what you and I talked about. They need a place to go. Those, those older people that are in those neighborhoods, they need a place to go and we need to find that for them. I heard about a development the other day that is of, I don't, I don't know if they're called them tiny houses, but it's in a industrial, a little bit more of an industrial area mm -hmm. that has a green space. It hasn't been approved or anything. It's just a, it's a developer's dream. It's his idea, you know, but I was listening to it and I was thinking, oh, so that, you know, older people might, you know, want to live close like that. 
I had a weird, uh, very almost exact same thought. I mean, this is five years ago, probably, but um, about tiny houses was when they were mm-hmm. kind of the rage for a minute. Mm-hmm. And to me, it would make a ton of sense to find a spot that you could build, say, you know, or, or put 10, 15, 20, 25 houses on it. Um, I do think it would be beneficial to, to some degree to parse out the land because the issue that I have with like the mobile home communities, for example, right. like manufactured homes are great. And they make some really nice ones. Oh, yeah. But the the bigger underlying issue with that whole industry is that you don't own the land underneath the house in most cases. Right. Right. If you're in a park. So these parks sell people on, hey, build your house and bring it here. And you can rent this property and have all the amenities of being in here. What they don't say is like when you're ready to move and you don't want to live here anymore, you can't take your house. I mean, you yes. can. Yeah. But it's going to cost you $30,000. To take your house. To take your house. <laughs> yes. And so, or you could just sell it to us for ten. And we'll keep it and then we'll rent it out. Yes. And which is why those places go. Right? Yes. So, um, so there's That's a good explanation of that though. Well, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just another component of how that, 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 that works situation works. Yeah. And so when I look at the tiny house, I kind of look at it the same way. And I think that for older people, especially if you could give some level of ownership to say, Hey, when you sell this, you own this piece of land, yeah. you can sell it along with the house or you can move the house and tiny houses are actually a little bit more uh, versatile to move because they're smaller. Right. Um, and it costs less than a big, huge double wide, you know, with four bedrooms or whatever, yeah. but you could have a, an area where you have whatever, 20, 25 t- tiny houses. And then you have like a little pond with a pavilion and you have like a community garden and you have areas that are community spaces yeah, within and people close to you. Correct. Yeah. And they're you, right there. Yes. 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 So they're, that are, I don't mean this in a negative way, but people that are, Maybe in your age range yes. or people that yeah. will check on you. Or I mean, Absolutely. I know there's some great communities out there where people check on one another all the time yes. and check on their elderly neighbors. But the thing is, is that I think about my mother living in her home for so long, trying to take take care of a, a house. Yeah, it's you a know? lot. It is a lot. It's we a know, ton. We know it's yes. a lot. Yeah. And, and it just got more and more difficult. Yeah. But where would she go? And so, so you know. Well, part of it too is <laughs> you run out of. I think I haven't experienced this yet because I still I have a daughter. She's in high school. My son's in seventh grade. Um, but you could probably speak to this a little bit. But when your kids grow up, I think you because I know right now my wife and I spend 90 percent of our time on our kids. Like yes. anything that oh, we're sure. not working, we are doing stuff with our kids. Yeah. So when that goes away and they move off because, you know, I've told her I'm like. When they leave, yeah. they ain't going to be calling you every day to check on you. Maybe your daughter will. Maybe, you yeah. know, women <laughs> tend to be better at that stuff than men do. But but what I'm saying is, is like they're going to have their own life. Yeah, and, and we want them to. And we want them to. And yes. you can't be involved in that life. So yeah. then you have to create another life for yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, I think once you get to that point, then you start looking around at all the stuff you have. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, well, I don't need that. I don't want that. I got to yeah. clean that. I got to move that. I don't want to do that. So I just want to shrink it all down yes. to where I have to mess with nothing. Yeah. But then you have to replace all that with, with human connection. Yes. You have to be with people. So yeah. that's why retirement communities are so popular, obviously, is because, you know, grandpa's kids ain't visiting him anymore. Yeah. But his neighbor, Ethel, and his friend down the road, Billy, or excuse me, down the hall, Billy, they play poker to you know or chess yes. together every day yeah. or checkers they're or hang out club they're in wine club that's right that yeah. that is their 
that's the reason they get up every day is to spend time with those people because you lock a human being alone by themselves, you know, yeah. at a certain point in life or any point in life, really, yeah, it's not going to go very well over a period of time. No, So you have to be amongst other people. Other and people. the more active you are and the more involved you are doing things that gives you purpose, that gives you reason to get out of bed, that gives you reason to keep moving, yeah. to that, have it, something. It adds not to your quality of life, yes. but it also adds to the length of your life. Yes. You know, oh, absolutely. That interaction with others. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see in places like Viridian. Yes. You know, Viridian's where, a great example. Where people are, and you know, Bob Kimball has taken a floodplain and made a beautiful development. Yeah. You know, that's just turned into a really nice, a really nice thing. And you see those people, some people drive through there and say, I don't want to live that close. Well, then that's not for you. Yeah. And thank goodness that, you know, this yeah. is what, as my friend says, this is what makes markets. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everybody's got different tastes. Yeah, we all have yes. different tastes. But that is for a lot of people. Yeah. And it, it is a community that will have, um, you know, it has a variety of people, you know, from different backgrounds and different, you know, it's just, and I love the, all the things that they do out there with the, they do have book club and wine club yeah. and sailing club yeah. and all these great things, you know? So, and they have the only beach in Arlington. Yes. <laughs> they do. Now, I didn't move there. You know, when I had the opportunity to move, I, you know, this guy had built a house that I had loved forever and ever. And you just I, wanted that one. I just wanted that one. It yeah. went on the market. It has a little French, looks yeah. like a house in Louisiana kind yeah. of in Lafayette got a few of those little things, but I also wanted something that was newer, not yeah. brand new, but newer, you know, cause I'd been living in a fifties house for 20 years. I raised my family in a old 1950s, which I loved that house and had yeah. great memories. I just didn't want to constantly be wondering if, you know, every time I flush the toilet with the pipe, <laughs> go or whatever, yes. you know, I just didn't want to be constantly taking care of a house yeah well i mean you live in an old house for a long period of time stuff breaks down and unless you're That's just excited about doing that stuff then you yeah. know you're gonna uh yeah. you, you don't want to be in that situation so it, right. lifestyle is very it plays a very big role in where you live and how you live because the less time you want to jack with screwing around with the pipes or you know vacuuming a bedroom or wiping down mirrors the more time you get to go spend hanging in the garden with your friend yes. you know and, yes. and that's that's what and I think even as you get older, you start to value those relationships that much more. And so therefore that becomes way more of a priority to you yes. than making sure that the bed's made the way it should be made Yes. in case guests come over. Because yes. that's the world that I live in yes. right now. So, uh, All the pillows yeah. in the right place. <laughs> I see another pillow. I love mind. your wife. I know. She's great. She's wonderful. Um, so why do you think, or I mean, I, I mean, I know to some extent, but um, the other part of this argument or I should say my concern is is the affordability to create new housing because um I I understand to some extent I do think you know I think everybody probably there's there's probably some room for profit margin to shrink a little bit in some mm -hmm. of these builds but you know I'm not it's not my business so yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody how and to I, and stuff. I don't know all the ins and outs of how that works I don't either but um, overall, it is very expensive to build a house, whether it be for materials, for labor, for land, for whatever it is that that it takes to get something actually built. It it isn't something that um, you know unless you know what you're doing um, and you have you know economies of scale. So you're building enough homes to kind of bring the cost down of some of these materials and things of that nature. Um, it's not something that is a very profitable venture if you're just doing it on your own here and there because. The, the dirt's expensive. Yes. Right. But I also think that, you know, and I look at the Mansfield as an example, and I don't, I think I told you this, but I don't know the number. I think it's, 
around 3,000, could be 2,800, 3,200, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but around 3,000 square feet in Mansfield. If you're building a single family residence, you cannot get permitted unless it's that size. Yes. Like they're not building, my very first house was 1,300 square feet and it was in Arlington over off Shorewood that we bought and it was a tiny little, I mean, it was great. Yeah, it was mine was 1,500. Perfect house yeah. for me and my family at the time. Yeah. Um, great little neighborhood, you know, access to everything. We paid $130,000 for it. Mm. You know, it was it was awesome. This was in two thousand and four. Yeah, wasn't that long ago. Right. Um, I think that house now today sells for three hundred. Probably. And um, the the issue isn't that home prices are going to go up. This is why I argue to people all the time, like buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you can. Yeah, they're not going down. They're not going down. Yeah, particular. I'm going to say particularly in North Texas. Yes, yeah, because they, we have so much influx of people, and you know, yes. businesses uh, um, are 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 tax structure is great, but then also our, you know, regulations within the state are fantastic and, right. and attracting to people yeah. to move in. Um, but you can't find a $130,000 house anymore. I mean, no. you can, but it's, you know, you might right. not want to live there. And it's probably, you know, the, some house that was built 80 years ago, that's falling apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a concern because if they're not building houses that are affordable, that people can buy, and they're only building homes within us because they have to, because they're a business and they're trying to make money. Right. Um, but when you look at the price of homes compared to income and how it's gone up, it's not even close. Right. So, so if I were living in today, even making, even with inflation, okay. Accounting for my income going up over that same period of time, mm -hmm. I would not be able to, at what I was making then, I would not be able to afford, you know, uh, uh, the starter home for $300,000 with what my wife and I were making at that right. time. Yeah. Um, and so what that leads to is unless you have a good family or, or community that you can rely on, meaning you have someone that can help you with your down payment, you have somebody that can, uh, you know, gift you funds that can uh, co-sign with you on the house or whatever the case may be. Right. If you don't have that, then what do you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why this tiny home project mm -hmm. is probably going to go through planning and zoning. Right. Um, just It's just a small thing. I'm just saying that not only is that for an older couple that, mm -hmm. you know, needs to sell their house and, you know. Downsize. And downsize. Mm -hmm. But it's also for a young person. Who wants to start buying that, something yeah, expensive. Yeah, they want to buy something that's not too crazy expensive. Mm -hmm. I don't know the price point on those houses, so don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on how it's structured. Are they buying yes. the house? Are they buying the land? Is it, you know, yeah, it, it, it all know. varies. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I, 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 I agree that there is a demand for that kind of a thing, yeah. you know, that kind of a property. Yeah. And I, I just don't know where they fit. Right. You know, Arlington, the city of Arlington just did that big study with, um, so Mayor Ross, they created, well, maybe Jeff Williams might've started that. I don't know exactly how all the ins and outs of that, but that the unity council, and then they had a real estate advisory and then they came together and they did each segment um, of Arlington of doing these showing that, you know, information that they pulled together about housing and looking at um, some of this infill um, on land where there's an, an odd lot mm -hmm. in a neighborhood and mm -hmm. can we build something there or what are the requirements or restrictions that would need to go into that. and Things that were kind of passed along before because yeah, there like was issues and now they're lot, going, eh, yeah, let's see. Here's a piece of land because right. we don't have a lot of land, no. right? Yeah. 
And so um, it, it really, I don't think that it went anywhere. They had a lot of meetings. I, I attended one uh-huh. um, and there were a lot of questions. A lot of people are nervous in, in my neighborhood. If there was a, an empty lot, I don't want them just to fill it up with something or, yeah. or allow somebody to just build anything. But I also know that there are a lot of people that um, would like to take their, where they have a decent lot and they would like to build a small house in the back for their parents or their parents kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there kids that have gone off to college that don't, you know, can't afford to buy a house right now. And, yep. you know, they want them right there. And I have a daughter that I'd like to put her in a house outside of my house. <laughs> There's not, Does she want to do that? that? No, she does no. not. She, no, no, she, she owns that house. Yeah. I keep reminding her that she's a guest. Right. No, no, this no, no, is no. my house, but no, I'm just saying then there's not a spot. Cause I downsized to a little small thing, but, but I think that, you know, there are, there are places that that can be done and places that can't be done. Anyway, I just feel like I'm going to circle back to it's important in our communities for us to look at different options. And that's why I think it's important to keep our mind open. Yeah. Stay open to the fact that it's not just what you want right mm-hmm. now. It's that there are people out there that can't afford to buy a house that want to buy a house. Yeah. They maybe have saved some of their money and they have a, a down payment, mm-hmm. but they need to be able to find a house to buy. Well, and the reason that that for me I think it's such a big deal is that because homeownership is the most reliable, I, I guess is the way I could put it, um, or most consistent path to wealth yes. that you can find, yes. right? When you look at 90% of millionaires in this country, most of them built their wealth through real estate. A yeah. good, it, there, no, I, it's literally that many. Yeah. Um, the hard part is, is right now you can't get ownership in anything because you don't, it's either I've got to buy a 500,000. I mean, I know there's, I'm exaggerating, but I've either got to buy a $500,000 house or I got to rent. You know, those, those are my two choices. And then the thing is, once I buy a $500,000 house, can I buy furniture? I can't do anything, yeah. right? Because I can yeah. barely afford to do it even right. if I could. Yeah. So so it comes down to ownership for me. It's like, what can you own? And, and we were fortunate when we were younger that we were able to buy something that was not incredibly expensive, but it gave us some ownership, right? Yes. Because I think that the way things are headed, and again, I don't think there's any malice necessarily, mm-hmm. but is that we don't rent, we don't own anything anymore. You don't own anything. Oh, oh, that's the com. That's right. That's the conversation yes. that we had the other day. We don't own anything. We don't own our music. Nope. We don't own our phone. Nope. You don't own your car. You <laughs> yes. don't own anything because, yes. and and where I get off on my little tangent of conspiracies or whatever you want to call it, and I don't think it's conspiracies. I think it's just it's just what it is. Yeah. Is that um most hedge fund private equity companies the way they make their money the big ones mm-hmm. is they make their money on pensions. So or I should say manage. They manage Manage pensions. Um, That's where they make money too, but it's just through management of pensions. Okay. So city of Arlington fire department, city of Dallas fire department, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Lockheed, whoever the company is or the corporate or the entity is that pay pensions out to their employees. They give that money to nowadays these big manages. Correct. They manage it. So they have to find a place to put the money to make money. Yes. Right. And they need somewhere between, I think it's like six to eight percent return in order to continue to fund the pensions of the future generations. Okay. Well, previously, or since its inception to some extent, um, they were using, um, uh, they were taking that money. This is where the housing crisis really came into play in 2007 and eight, mm-hmm. is because housing was considered to be a very safe bet 
So if you're going to invest your money somewhere, invest it in housing because it always goes up in value. Yeah. Um, people are tend to pay their rent or their mortgage or whatever because they have to live. They need shelter. It's one yes. of those things that we require to exist. So it was always a safe place to put it. And then again, due to a confluence of a number of things, you know, uh, we created bad, I say we, certain people created yes. bad financial products yes. that Your relied, industry. correct, my <laughs> industry, um, put, created bad financial products because we were giving out loans. And when the money's being tossed out, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, the, the, the Piper came calling or whatever, yeah. whatever the saying is. So, um, so that's where a lot of hedge fund money started because mm -hmm. they were getting such a good rate of return in those because it was growing, growing. And this has been going on for 10 for years, time, 12 yeah. years. It, it so wasn't overnight. With it now? Well, so, so then they moved into business development because they lost that little bump of stream. They're like, okay, we can't do that anymore. So we got to find another place to invest this money. Again, this is just market business. This is how it works. Yeah. So they went into um, oil and gas specifically. Like mm -hmm. there's a ton of oil and gas, you know, equity firms and whatnot that buy smaller oil and gas companies, consolidate them. And then what they'll do is they'll buy different industries up and downstream of the, of the, you know, processing line essentially so like the pipe fitter and then the you oh, know the guy who makes the gauge the and seismograph company that my yes for. exactly yeah. they would go yeah. in my, my mom's actually going through this right now which it's yeah. in healthcare um but uh hedge funds was trying to buy them they laid off a bunch of people you know and there's there's good and bad okay right. you know yes. there's good people and bad people there's good hedge funds and bad hedge yes. funds it's, yes. it's what it is so um so then, but then what they realized in that world was that now, because when we were doing the the mortgages or, you know, involved in that thing, that was just money and money was doing things that money yes. does. Okay. Yes. But now I'm running a business. Now I've got HR. Now I've got employees. Now I've got a lot of headaches that I really don't want to mess with. Yeah. And so what had happened to a lot of these is these hedge funds would get in, they'd try to revamp stuff, realize it was a little bit more than they wanted to bite off. Flip. And then they will, they, they would take debt out and file bankruptcy it happened all the time. Mm -hmm. So they all as an industry decided that that wasn't the best way mm -hmm. to go because it was too much work and the rate of return wasn't, wasn't as good. As good. Yeah. So where do they turn back? They go back to housing Yes, and they go, this is tried and true. People yeah. are going to live. They're going to pay rent. They're going to pay their mortgage. So how do we get back into this game? Well, and they're then, building the, they're part of the, some of, some of the build to rent. Oh, sure. Not, not necessarily what not all of them no and that's what we have to well we have and, to monitor it <laughs> and so then what ended up happening or what what is happening now is that um they realize that real estate is a great tool because it does two things as a business owner not not your house that you live in but as a as a business person right it generates cash flow Right. So if you're renting out properties, you have people paying you. So yeah, it, there's money flow. It sits there and generates money and you don't have to do anything other than maintenance and whatever. Right. right? There's not a you're not operating a business. Yeah. You're not going into work every day and you know paying yeah. employees. Um, so it does that. And then it's also an asset that appreciates that you can leverage yeah. to do all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Right. Yes. I, I always use the Elon Musk example of talking about how billionaires pay for stuff because you know, um, it's Elon Musk. People's money. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, no. Elon Musk doesn't take a salary. Or I think he does some extreme, but he, a lot of CEOs don't take salaries that we know and think of as like a W two. I'm making two hundred thousand right. dollars a year. They get stock options, 
instead of their income, which they buy, which is a non-taxable event. And then instead of, uh, because it's only taxable when you sell those stocks. Yes. So if I'm going to Walmart and I need to buy groceries and I'm Elon Musk, I'm not buying groceries with Tesla stock. Right. I can't, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but I don't want to sell it because if I sell it, I got to pay taxes. Yes. Right? I don't want to do that either. Yeah. So what do I do? I borrow against it. Yes. I use leverage. I use debt yes. to borrow against that. So now I have a line of credit for 300, 400, whatever the number is. Yes. And I can go buy and do whatever I want. And more often than not, I buy additional assets like a yacht mm -hmm. that I can also then pay cash for off the debt that I borrowed from my stock. And now I can pay cash for this yacht. And now I can leverage that for the same purpose. Yes, it's so complicated to be rich. It's very I'm complicated not. to be rich. So... <laughs> So while all this is going on, this is what real estate is yes. to these large entities is yes. that it's an asset that appreciates. So I paid $200,000 for it originally, and now it's 10 years down the road and it's worth half a million. Yes. Okay. So I can get a bigger line of credit. I can get a bigger line of credit. Yes. I can go acquire more properties. I can grow exponentially. And that's where the disconnect from the average person, the average income earner, wage earner mm -hmm. separates from those with wealth is because I'm not saying debt is go, go get a bunch of debt. That's not what I'm saying. Well, no, I know you're not. But what I'm saying is, is that that's the game that's being played. Mm -hmm. The game that's being played is I acquire an asset that asset appreciates in value. And then I leverage that asset to acquire debt, to acquire more assets. And so then I can exponentially grow my wealth in a relatively short amount of time because I own all these assets. Mm -hmm. Right now, I do have a lot of debt, so you got to have income or you got to have uh, cash flow generating assets. Which again, mm -hmm. that's what real estate is. Yes. So, so what ends up happening is that the the appeal to this is so great to a company that's trying to earn a six or eight percent return to pay some. Because if I lose that that pension, then my hedge fund could go under because mm -hmm. they're. $3 billion of my revenue that I'm investing, the yes. money that I'm investing, I should say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I have to continue to find these things to make money and real estate is a perfect vehicle for that. Mm -hmm. So when I see those conditions, I go, that's a problem. Yes. Because that makes it very difficult for a younger person that doesn't have the access to the resources just to start. Yes. Like I just need to get the ball rolling down the hill. Yes. You know, I need to get you a little property so you can have equity and so you can build it and so you can grow and then get the bigger one and the bigger one or, or right. not to be bigger, but just because it's not about things. It's about wealth. It's no, about, it's, yeah, it's about growing your wealth. Right. Sure. Absolutely. absolutely. So that's my, you know, when I look at the, the, the scope of it and the scale, and again, I don't think there's malicious intent necessarily with all of this. No, but it, it happens around us. And it's something I think yes. I, I'm going to say again is what we have to watch and monitor that in our communities. Yeah. That's why being involved in your community is important. Yes. Know yes. what's happening around you. Well, and that was going to be one of my questions to you too, is like, how do we, how do we address these issues? But I know the answer. Yes. Because it's get involved. Yes. And that's what you are. I mean, you're involved yeah. in everything. And yep. so <laughs> you are, you, that's why I admire I'm you. No, for real. That is, that is one of the reasons that I, wanted to have you in to talk and, and to go over some stuff is because you have perspective. Okay. Okay. Don't call it knowledge. Don't call it expert. Call it a ton of perspective. Perspective. I like that. Is that better? Yes, and so does Old Republic. Times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're the, uh, you're the guru of perspective because you've experienced a lot of different things in the city. Well, and well I learned when I, I learned when I visit with you. And so I, you know, we just, we need to visit more often, yes. but I do learn from you and I'm so glad that you're making the commitment 
on air to be involved in the education in. committee at the yes. Arlington Board of Realtors this coming year in 2023. <laughs> I'm involved. I'm going to be involved more and more. I, 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 uh, I just recently retired from coaching all my uh, kids. Yes. So that's why my, my time is a little I bit like more. It. Yeah. Once I my like son it. went from sixth grade to seventh grade, then my responsibilities for managing his athletic career were over, <laughs> which I was more than happy to let go. I'm sure. Uh, and, uh, and now I'm just, uh, sitting in stands, uh, cheering on things and watching from, watching uh the, from the sidelines of practice well, so you'll have plenty of time to do that yes yeah. i've got got a lot of time so um well we're an hour and a half in i know i see wow yes i told you <laughs> wow. i told so originally i told her it was going to take an hour uh and she's like man that's a long time i'm gonna run out of stuff to talk about i'm like well first off you and i talk a lot so yes, we're gonna get through true. it and we're gonna blow through things really quickly and even extend it i figured it would go a little bit longer today but um we're definitely gonna do this again because thank, thank you so much mike yes I just, I, I just enjoy you make this easy i was a little uncomfortable uh-huh you know but you just make it easy well you you got to get past the well first off i <laughs> tell everybody like first let's not pretend like there's eight million people watching this thing okay <laughs> like let's be real all right i do this for a number of reasons one is um i love talking to people and i like this type of environment one-on-one yeah. -on -one. One -on -one. um i don't like i told you before you you put me in a network event i'm gonna go find one person that i like and i'm gonna go stand in the corner and ch chat yes. with them for 45 minutes yes that's what i'm gonna do i have to be i'm the same way <laughs> yes so uh but i enjoy this because you really get to talk to someone and find out about them and what they do but you know it's also like you know this is you got to be like we said before you have to be out in the community and this yes. is to some degree my version of that yeah. a little bit is um show up on people's feed every once in a while they're like oh there's that guy running his mouth again okay <laughs> great let's see what he said for two seconds all right yes. i'm bored let's move on um but but uh i do think and i agree with you that um you know the the market that we're heading into and the the mass contraction that we've had and everything you have to be involved in something Yes. You've you've got to be involved in your city, your community. You've got to do, you know, uh, church groups. You've got to get involved in your book club. You got to, wh whatever it is that you love and you want to do. That's what you need to get into. Yes. So this is my vehicle to some extent uh -huh. because I really like it and yeah. I enjoy it. I like talking to interesting people like you. Yeah. you and make so it fun and easy. Well, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, we're definitely have to do it again yes. um, at some point because uh, um, I've got a long list. But uh, when we come back around <laughs> to this one again, when I get a little bit more you know, a little, a little more big boy. So I love it. Anything thank else you. you want to say before we go? Oh, no, just thank you. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Indeed. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, thank you for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And, um, we'll, uh, I'll be back on Thursday. I'll be talking with, uh, Kevin Lewis. Oh. He's, uh, Mansfield youth baseball association. He's been the, I know him pretty well, been the director there for 20 years. Okay. And I bet he's done leadership Mansfield. I bet he has too. I bet he has too. So now um, we're going to get Glenda signed up for leadership, Alice County. She can tell me about it. Oh yes, please. God, we got to get her in that one. So, all right guys. Well, um, I will see you on Thursday okay. and thanks again, Robin. Uh, and thank uh, you, Mike. we'll see you later. Okay.